بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا وقال الله لنا ولشيخنا وللحاضرين والمستمعين يقول الامام المجدد الشيخ محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى في رسالته اداب المشي من الصلاه وتستحب النوافل المطلقه في جميع الاوقات الا في اوقات النهي والصلاة الليل رغب فيها وهي أفضل من صلاة النهار وبعد النوم أفضل لأن ناشئة لا تكون إلا بعد فإذا استيقظ ذكر الله تعالى وقال ما ورد ومنه لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير الحمد لله وسبحان الله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله ثم إن قال اللهم اغفر لي أو دعا استجيب له فإن توضأ وصلى قبلت صلاته ثم يقول الحمد لله الذي أهياني بعدما أماتني وإليه النشور لا إله إلا أنت وحده لا وحدك لا شريك لك سبحانك أستغفرك لذنبي وأسألك رحمتك اللهم زدني علما ولا تزغ قلبي بعد اذ هديتني وحد لي من لدنك رحمه انك انت الوهاب الحمد لله الذي رد علي روحي وعافاني في جسدي واذن لي في ذكره واذن لي في ذكره ثم يستاق فاذا قام الى الصلاه فان شاء استفتها باستفتاه باستفتاه المكتوب وان شاء بغيره كقوله اللهم لك الحمد انت النور السماوات والارض ومن فيهن ولك الحمد انت قيوم السماوات والارض ومن فيهن ولك الحمد انت الحق ووعدك الحق وقولك الحق ولقاؤك حق والجنه حق والنار حق والنبيون حق والساعه حق اللهم لك اسلمت وبك امنت وعليك توكلت واليك انبت وبك فاسمت واليك هاكمت فَبِفِلِّ مَا قَدَّمْتُ وَمَا أَخَّرْتُ وَمَا أَسْرَرْتُ وَمَا أَعْلَنْتُ وَمَا أَنْتَ أَعْلَمُ بِهِ مِنِّي أَنْتَ الْمُقَدِّمُ وَأَنْتَ الْمُؤَخِّرُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ وَلَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره جل وعلا ونعوذ بالله من شر انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله وخليله ورسوله ارسله رحمه للعالمين فبلغ الرساله وعد الامان ونصح للامه وجاهد في الله حق جهاده صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ورضوانه جل وعلا على صحابة محمد الذين صحبوه وهجروا أوطانهم وتركوا أمارهم وعشائرهم وتوجهوا إلى مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وتوجهوا إليه فيما بعد وجاهدوا معه وجاهدوا بعده وقد شهد لهم النبي عليه الصلاه والسلام انهم خير الناس بعد الانبياء والرسل كما في الحديث الصحيح خير الناس بعد الانبياء والرسل القرن الذين بعثوا فيهم يعني الصحابه 
فاللهم ارضى عنهم وارضهم واجعلنا من محبيهم المحسنين الاقتداء بهم يا ذا الجلال والاكرام. وبعد نصيحتي مره اخرى ان يعتني الواحد منا بهذا الكتاب وجل ما سمعناه اليوم يحتاج الى ان يحفظه الواحد حفظ ليس مجرد يفهم لانها ادعيه من اقوال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم واحب ان انبه على شيء شيء ليس في الدرس بعض الناس يكون في المسجد قبل الاذان ثم يؤذن الامام وقد يكون صلى تحيه المسجد عندما دخل المسجد ثم يؤذن المؤذن ولا يقوم ياتي بركعتين وقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بين كل اذانين صلاه بين كل اذانين صلاه بين كل اذانين صلاه يعني قالها ثلاث مرات ثم قال لمن شاء يعني ليست فريضه ولكنها نافله محبوبه كما قال في صلاه المغرب صلوا قبل المغرب ركعتين صلوا قبل المغرب ركعتين ثم قال في الثالثه صلوا قبل المغرب ركعتين لمن شاء يعني ليست فريضه لكنها نافله لها علاقه بهذه العباده فنصيحتي للواحد ان يحدث بقدر الامكان ان يطبق سنه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فان الخير كل الخير في متابعه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وفيما نحن فيه يقول شيخ الاسلام رحمه الله عليه محمد بن عبد الوهاب التميمي وتستحب النوافل المطلقه في جميع الاوقات ما هي النوافل المطلقه صلوات ما هي مقيده ليست من الرواتب حتى يقل رواتب ليست تحيه مسجد حتى يقل هذه تحيه المسجد ليست بركعتي الضحى حتى يقرا هذه ركعتي الضحى ليست الوتر حتى يقرا الوتر لا يعني مطلقه كل ما جاء في خاطره ان يؤدي ركعتين يقوم يؤديها او اربع ركعات يؤديها لان في لان فيها خيرا لان فيها خيرا كثيرا بل ان الذي يدخل المسجد ويصلي المغرب ويحب ان يمكث إلى أن يؤذن العشاء إذا صلى في هذا الوقت كله وهو يصلي ركعتين ركعتين يكون داخلا في قول الله تعالى فتجافى جنوبهم عن المضاجع فينبغي للواحد أن يحرص على هذه الأمور وأنا نبهت على هذا من حيث ركعتين بين كل أذنين لأن بعض الناس استمر جالسا ولا قام بعض الأذان يأتي بركعتين لأن أداء الركعتين خير كثير للواحد. يقول طبعا في جميع الأوقات إلا في أوقات النهي. الصلوات المطلقة النوافل ما تصلى في أوقات النهي، ما هي أوقات النهي؟ أوقات النهي من صلى الفجر دخل له وقت النهي إلا أن تطلع الشمس وتصير بخط بطول الرمح عن وجه الأرض. هذا هو وقت النهي الأول ووقت النهي الثاني إذا 
قام قائم الظهيره متى يكون قائم الظهيره الدقائق الظل يتقلص من وقت طلوع الشمس يتقلص فاذا وقف عن التقلص هنا قام قائم الظهيره من هي المسلم ان يتعمد يؤدينا في المطلقه في هذا الوقت ينتظر دقائق حتى تزول الشمس كيف تزول؟ إذا وضعت شيئاً وتنظر إلى ظل هذا الشيء وهو يتقلص ينقص إذا وقف عن النقص هذا قائم الظهيرة إذا بدأ بالزيادة فهذا وقت الزوال من صلى العصر دخل في وقت النهر ويستمر إلى أن تغرب الشمس هذه أوقات ثلاثة واحد يضعها خمسة يقول الصباح إلى عند قرب طلوع الشمس أو عندما تبزغ ثم عند بزوجها حتى ترتفع قدرا هذا وقت وعند العصر يستمر متوقف عن النوافل حتى تقع الشمس على حد غروب ثم ينتظر حتى يختفي قرص الشمس هذه اوقات نائم الذي يطوف في البيت العتيق في مكه يصلي ركعتي الطواف في اي وقت وله وقت نائم الذي يتوضا يتطهر ان احب ان يصلي ركعتين لذلك الوضوء فعال من الحديث الصحيح فإن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لبلال الصحابي معذن رسول الله أخبرني عن أحب الأعمال التي تقوم بها فإني رأيت سمعت الدفة عليك أمامي في الجنة بالرؤيا قال ما توضعت وضوءا في ساعة يعني وضوء طهارة وضوء صلاة في ساعة من ليل أو نهار إلا صليت فيه ركعتين يقول هنا وصلاة الليل مرغب فيها صلاة الليل التهجد فيه وهي أفضل من صلاة النهار وبعد النوم أفضل لأن ناشئة الليل لأن الناشئة لا تكون إلا بعد نوم فإذا استيقظ ذكر الله هنا نقول شيء في هذه الجملة هذه الجمل الصلاة الليل أفضل الذي قال أفضل الصلاة يعني بعد المكتوبة صلاة الليل صلاة الليل هذه إما التهجد أو صلاة الوتر يحرص المسلم على اقل الامور يتخذ جزءا من الوقت تصلي فيه صلاه التهجد والوتر يجعل هذا امرا مرتبا طول عمره حتى لو شغل عنه في ليله من الليالي يقضيه ما بين طلوع الشمس وصلاه الظهر قال يقول اتكن بعد فاذا استيقظ ذكر الله تعالى وقال هنا من كلمة وقال ينبغي أن تحفظ. يعني هذا دعاء وقال ما ورد لا إله إلا الله 
وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير الحمد لله وسبحان الله ولا اله الا الله والله اكبر ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله هذا ذكر ينبغي ان يحرص الانسان على حفظه متى يقوله اذا نام واستيقظ من من نومه اول ما يبدا يحمد الله الذي احياه بعد عام وماته في هذا النوم ثم يقرا هذا الدعاء قال ثم يقول ثم ان قال اللهم اغفر لي او دعا لما يقرا هذا الدعاء لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له الى ان ينتهي السطر الثالث او يقترب من الانتهاء قال ثم قال اللهم اغفر لي او دعا استجيب له فاذا فعلت هذا وتذكرت انك بحاجه ان تطلب من ربك جل وعلا شيئا مما يباح طلبه اذا قلت الدعاء بعد قراءه هذه الجمل التي سمعناها فانت حري بان يستجاب لك الدعاء استجابوا للدعاء فان توضا يعني بعد ذلك الدعاء لما استيقظ قرا هذا الدعاء فان توضا وصلى قبلت الصلاه ثم يقول الحمد لله الذي احياني يعني بعد ما يستيقظ من النوم ويقرا الدعاء هذا يقول الحمد لله الذي احياني بعدما اماتني واليه النشور لا اله الا انت وحدك لا شريك لك سبحانك استغفرك لذنبي لذنبي واسالك رحمتك هذه جمل مهمه بس هي تحتاج الى الواحد يحفظها واذا كنت عند كل واحد من الكتاب يكرر ايضا مره بعد مره باذن الله تنحضر قال ثم يقول اللهم زدني علما ولا تزغ قلبي بعد ان هديتني يعني تزغ قلبي يعني لا تجعله يظن ويحرج عن الصراط المستقيم الى صراط الكافرين والعياذ بالله وهب لي من لدنك رحمه انك انت الوهاب اللهم انت الوهاب الحمد لله الذي رد علي روحي وعافاني من جسد في جسدي واذن لي بذكره ثم يستاك فاذا قام الى الصلاه فان شاء استفتح بافتتاح المكتوبه استفتاح المكتوبه سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك وتبارك اسمك لا اله غيرك ولا حول ولا قوه الا بك او غير ذلك من الوارد في الصحيح ثم قال ثم وإن شاء بغيره أي أي استفتاح تحفظ من سنة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ليس مما تحب أن تأتي وتختار لا يحرص على ما قاله النبي لأن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أعطي جوامع الكلم يعني وفق للنطق بالكلمات الجامعة النافعة قال وإن شاء بغيره كقوله اللهم لك الحمد أنت نور السماوات والأرض ومن فيهن ولك الحمد انت قيوم السماوات والارض ومن فيهن ولك الحمد انت الحق ووحدك الحق وقولك الحق ولقاؤك حق والجنه حق والنار حق والنبيون حق والساعه حق اللهم لك اسلمت وبك امنت وعليك توكلت 
وإليك أنادت وبك قاصمت وإليك حاكمت فاغفر لما قدمت وما أخرت وما أسررت وما أعلنت وما أنت أعلم به مني أنت المقدم وأنت المؤخر لا إله إلا أنت ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لعل ناقف عند هذا هذه النقطة وتكون إن شاء الله في الدرس نصيحة أن الواحد يحتاج يجرب نفسه إما أن ينقلها من الكتاب ورقة ويكررها مرات حتى يحفظها هي تستحق أن تحفظ لأنها من أقوال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم والنبي ما ينطق عن الهوى إنه إلا وحي يوحى فأسأل الله جل وعلا لي ولكم أن يوفقنا جميعا للخير وأن يصدنا عن الشر وأن يصد الشر عنا بمنه وكرمه وأن يصلح قلوبنا وأن يحبب إلينا الإيمان ويزينه في قلوبنا وأن يكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان إنه سبحانه مجيب الدعاء By mentioning the name of Allah, we praise Him, we seek His assistance, and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves. We bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. He is alone and He has no partners. For Him is the dominion and He is able to do all things. And may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon His Messenger, uh, Muhammad, the one He sent as uh, mercy to all of mankind. He gave the message, he fulfilled the trust, and he was sincere for the Ummah, and he fought in the way of Allah. So may Allah be pleased, or uh, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and may Allah be pleased with his companions, those who uh, accompanied the Prophet وسلم, and migrated to him, and they left their wealth and their lands, so that they can migrate to the Prophet وسلم, they fought with him and they fought after him. And the Prophet ﷺ informed that they are the best of the people after the Prophets and the Messengers as it was in the authentic hadith. The best generation are those that, or is those that I was sent amongst. So may we ask Allah to make us from amongst those who love them and are sincere and our love for them and sincere in our adherence to their way. Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, my advice, I would repeat my advice again and reiterate my advice that this book or it is upon an individual to pay attention to what is present in this book uh, because that which we will hear in the lesson uh, it's something that should be memorized it's supplications which should be memorized it's not uh, merely that an individual understands what is being read but you should memorize it because it is supplication and then the Shaykh said, Hadith Allah Ta'ala, I'm going to mention something which is uh, not a part of the lesson, but it is something that I noticed, and that is the, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now, the Shaykh mentioned Hadith Allah Ta'ala, if, if an individual enters into the masjid before the adhan, and that individual prays the greeting of the masjid, Sahih masjid and then the Mu'addin calls the adhan, you have some individuals that don't pray after the calling of the Adhan. 
And the Shaykh said that the Prophet said between the, between the two adhans, meaning between the adhan and the iqama, between the two adhans, there is a prayer. Between the two adhans, there is a prayer. Between the two adhans, there is a prayer. The Prophet mentioned this three times. Then at the end of the third time, he said, for the one who desires. So that means it is not obligatory for you to pray between the adhan and the, and the iqama, but it is a uh, recommended sunnah. It's a recommended sunnah that a person, after hearing the adhan, even if they've already prayed to al Masjid, but an individual should stand and pray the two units of prayer. And this is similar to the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, where he said, pray two units of prayer before Maghrib. Meaning after the adhan for Maghrib, the Prophet ﷺ encouraged a person to pray two units of prayer. The Prophet ﷺ said this three times, which shows that it is not obligatory, but it is a highly recommended sunnah. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, that my advice is that individuals should be diligent in implementing the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because the more you, because all good, he said all good is in following the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, that Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab Rahim Allah Ta'ala, in this portion of the treaties, he's mentioning the, the general nawafil, the general prerogatory prayers, and he says that they are recommended at all times, except during the time of the prohibition, the, the prohibited times. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, al-mutlaqa, uh, the general, uh, or the unrestricted uh, nawafil prayers, these are not those that are related to or associated with the, the daily prayers. These are not the prayers that are associated to daily prayers. Nor uh, are they the Tahiyat al-Masjid. Nor is it Salat al-Duha. Nor is it Salat al-Witr. But what is meant by the, the unrestricted prayers is the prayer that a person can pray anytime. So for, for example, if a person wants to pray two units of prayer, at any time during the day, he can pray. If a person wants to pray four units of prayer, they can stand up and they can pray. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, that this is something which is very good, that a person uh, increases in their prayers. He said an example of this is an individual who enters into the masjid and he prays uh, Salat al-Maghrib. And then the individual will stay in the masjid into Salat al-Isha. So in between Salat al-Maghrib and Salat al-Isha, he continues to pray two units, two units. So, and, and there's no restricted number. And he said, the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, if a person does so, if a person prays the, the Maghrib prayer, and then they stay in the Masjid until the Isha prayer, they fall under the verse where Allah Ta'ala mentioned to the end of the verse, that they, uh, they do not lay down, Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, that their sides are prevented from laying down because of their prayer. So, if, so Allah Azawajal is praising the individuals who pray and don't sleep. So if, the, if a person uh, prays Salat al-Maghrib and then they stay in the masjid praying two units, two units, two units until Salat al-Isha, they are, uh, fall under this verse. Um, then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. So indeed doing so is much, it brings about much good. It brings about much good. Then the author Rahimahullah Ta'ala says, except during the prohibited times. Except during the prohibited times. The Shaykh said Habib Allah Ta'ala, these are the times that it, a person should not pray. And what are these times? The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, he gave a general description, and I'll inform he gave a general description, and he gave a specific description. 
Some of it I was able to write and some of it I was not able to write. So I would have to check the recording and I can provide that next week inshallah. He said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, what, is, what are the prohibited times? He said, generally, after a person prays Salat al-Fajr, until the sun has risen slightly. So after a person prays Salat al-Fajr, until the sun has risen slightly, that is a time that is prohibited. From the time after you pray Salat al-Fajr, until the slight rising of the sun, that is one of the prohibited times. And then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, the second is right before... Uh, Afwan, uh, right before Salatul Dhuhr, general description that he gave Habib Allah Ta'ala, he said specifics, but I wasn't able to write it all. Um, he said, uh, so right before Salatul Dhuhr, this is also one of the prohibited times. Also one of the prohibited times, right, after, right before Salatul Dhuhr. Then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, the third is after the general description, after Salatul Asr, after Salatul Asr, um, until the sun has set at the Salat al-Asr until the sun has set this is also one of the prohibited times it's also one of the prohibited times so those were the general descriptions and I remind you that I would write down the specific descriptions and I would give you because he gave you certain he gave us certain indications uh, of how to t how you can tell that this time is prohibited I will write it specifically and I will provide it inshallah then the Shaykh said Habib Allah Ta'ala then he gave um, specific times that even during the prohibited times, or the specific instances, even during the prohibited times, it's permissible for you to pray. He said, the one who is making tawaf, the one who is making tawaf around the Kaaba, and after the tawaf, he has to pray the turaqah, like for an umbra and the likes of that. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, any time of the day you can pray these two units of prayer. After an individual has made tawaf, and now it's time for the, the individual to pray the two units of prayer, at any time during the day, you can pray those two minutes of prayer. That was the first. The second time is after making wudu. After making wudu, you can pray two minutes regardless of the time. He said because the Prophet wasallam said to Bilal, his companion, who also was the Mu'addin, the Prophet wasallam said, what is the greatest of actions that you are doing? For verily, I heard your footsteps in Jinnah. The Prophet wasallam during one of his dreams, uh, the Shaykh mentioned during one of the dreams, the Prophet ﷺ heard the footsteps of Bilal radiallahu So Bilal responded, he said, I do not make wudu any time during the day. And that's the, the proof. He said, I do not make wudu any time during the day or at night, except that I pray two units of prayer. Except that I make two units of prayer after making the wudu. So that's the proof that a person can pray these two units of wudu at any time during the day or the night. Then the Shaykh, then the author Rahimahullah mentioned, and the Salat, the prayer at night is, it's, it's highly recommended. And the Shaykh said, Habibullah the prayer at night, uh, it's highly recommended. And this is the, the night prayer, also known as Tahajjud, uh, or the Witr, or the Witr. And the Shaykh mentioned that the Prophet said, the best prayer, the Prophet said, the best, the best prayer, after the, the obligatory prayer is the night prayer. The best prayer after obligatory prayer is the night prayer. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so this is tahajjud or this is witr. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, it is highly recommended that an individual makes this a part of his life. He makes this a part of his life. And to the extent that 
even if some nights an individual is distracted so he's not able to complete the night prayer or the winter prayer, then he should make it up in the daytime. Uh, he should make it up in the daytime anytime before, uh, anytime before Dhuhr. Anytime before Dhuhr. Then the author, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, mentioned, uh, he mentioned certain supplications. And we'll translate it from the book. Uh, there's, no there's no deity worthy of worship except Allah. He is alone and He has no partners. For Him is the dominion and for Him is the praise. And He is able to do all things. All praise be to Allah. Glory be to Allah. There's no deity worthy of worship except Allah. Allah is the greatest. There is no might nor change except by way of Allah. That's the first dua that the author mentioned. And the Shaykh said, Hadith Allah Ta'ala, that it is uh, upon an individual to memorize these supplications. And when is it said? It is said when the individual wakes up uh, when the individual wakes up at night, the individual should say this supplication. Then the author Rahimahullah mentioned, now, then the author Rahimahullah mentioned, then a person should say, Oh Allah, forgive me. And they make dua. And the dua is accepted. And the dua is accepted. So the author Rahimahullah mentioned, after making this supplication, if the person makes dua, the dua would be accepted. And now, and the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, and if you do this, you should uh, keep in mind that you need something from Allah Azza So you should ask from, from Allah that which is permissible. You should ask from Allah Azza that which is permissible, and Allah would answer your supplication. Allah Azza would answer your supplication. And that's just when the person wakes up. He says that dua, he says that supplication, and he calls on Allah. Allah will answer his supplication. Then, if the person makes wudu and they pray, Allah Azawajal would accept their Allah Azawajal would accept their prayer. Then the person would say the following du'a: "Oh, praise be to Allah, the one who brought me to life after my death, because sleep is a minor death, and to Him is the return. There is no deity worthy of worship except You, except Allah. You are alone. There is no You have no partners. Glory be to You. Uh, forgive my sins." And I ask you for your mercy. So this is the, the next dua that the person should say. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, it is important that you memorize these supplications. And it, he said, and one of the, the, the manners that you would memorize these supplications, that you, you read it from the book and you repeat it. You continuously repeat it. This would be one of the means which assists you in memorizing the, the supplication. Then the next supplication that the author brings, Oh Allah, increase me. Oh my Lord, increase me in knowledge and do not allow my heart to be deviated after you have guided it. Uh, do not allow my heart to, to be deviated after you have guided it. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, this means that you request from Allah that your heart does not deviate after it was upon the, the, the straight path. So you're requesting from Allah, you're supplicating to Allah to make your heart firm and that it doesn't deviate from the straight path to uh, another path, the path of the disbelievers. And grant from me, and continuing the supplication, grant from me, grant mercy from you. Uh, verily, you are the one who, who grants. Then, uh, all praise be to Allah, uh, the one who has given my soul back, uh, and has uh, given me good health in my body, and he has given me permission to remember him. Then the individual uses the miswak, and if the individual uh, stands up to pray, the individual should use the opening supplication, which was mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ. The Shaykh said, Hadith Allah Ta'ala,
from the opening supplications, Subhanak Allahumma wa bihamdik, to the end of that supplication, all praise be to Allah, I find glory be to Allah, and all praise to the end of that supplication. And we did it previously, the, the, the opening supplications for the prayer. Then the author says, or other than that. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, when the author says other than that, he means from the supplications which are mentioned in the Sunnah. He said, it doesn't mean that it's from yourself. It doesn't mean that it's from yourself, but it is from the supplications that were mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ in the, the statements that the Prophet ﷺ said for the opening of for the opening of the prayer. And indeed, these statements are, are very beneficial. They are small in wording, but they are very tremendous in meaning. Then the author ﷺ mentions another supplication. Uh, oh my Lord, to you is the praise. You are the light of the heavens and the earth and that which is in between. And to you belongs the praise. You are the one to sustain the heavens and the earth and that which is in it. And for you is the praise. You are the truth and your promise is the truth and your statement is the truth. And meeting you and it's us meeting Allah is the truth. And paradise is the truth, and the hellfire is the truth, and the prophets, they are true. And the last day, it is truth. Oh Allah, I, uh, for you I have uh, submitted, and in you I have believed, and I have put my trust in you, and I have turned to you, and I debate uh, with, with regards to your religion, and I, my rulings are uh, based on your religion. Oh Allah, forgive me that which I has preceded and that which would come later and that which I've done in open and that which I've done in private. Uh, verily, you are more aware than I am. You are the first and you are the last. There's no deity worthy of worship except you. There's no might nor glory except by way of Allah Azza wa Jal. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. At this supplication, we, we will stop. And he said once again, that it is important that the individual reads what is present of these supplications and tries to remember them, tries to memorize them, because these are the statements of the Prophet These supplications are not mere statements, but they are the statements of the Prophet the one who does not speak of his desires, verily it is revelation which is revealed to him. So we ask Allah to protect us from all types of evil, and we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to uh, protect uh, and, and rectify our hearts. And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to uh, make Iman and faith beloved to us. And we ask Allah to make disbelief and sin hated by us. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى بنسبة قراءة الآيات الأخيرة من سورة آل عمران عند الاستيقاظ من النوم وفق سنة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فهل يلزم على من قرأ هذه الآيات أن يتوضأ قبلها أو يمكنه أن يتوضأ بعدها؟ قراءة من غير المصحف لا حرج على الإنسان أن يقرأ حتى ولو لم يكن قد توضأ. لا شك أن الوضوء أفضل، لكن لا يلزم في هذه الحالة أن يتوضأ إذا قرأ آخر السورة، أما إذا قرأ الأدعية 
لا على انها القران فكذلك الطهاره تجب لو نام واستيقظ على جنازه لا يقرا شيئا من القران الا بعد ان يغتسل واما مجرد يعني انتقاض الوضوء بالنوم او حدث نحو ذلك فلا يشترط القراءه من غير المصحف ان يكون على طهاره الا ان الطهاره افضل عند قراءه شيء من القران او عند الادعيه والاتجاه للقبله فيسال ربه ينبغي ان يكون على احسن حالاته الكريمه Assalamualaikum. Individuals asking, uh, with regards to reciting the last verses of Surah Ala Imran, when a person wakes up from sleeping, in accordance to the Sunnah of the Prophet Wasallam, is it mandatory that the individual is in wudu, or can they make wudu after, uh, even after reciting the verses? The Shaykh mentioned on the Ta'ala, the individual who's reciting from the, the, the actual the individual who's not reciting from the Quran, meaning the individual who's not reading from the book, it is not mandatory that the individual is in a state of wudu. But if you are in a state of wudu, it's better. But it is not mandatory. And likewise, there are the supplications. The individual is supplicating, and these supplications uh, are not afwan. Uh, likewise, the person who's making supplications, which are not from the Qur'an, the person likewise doesn't have to be in wudu. But if you are in wudu, it is better. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, with regards to wudu, uh, and uh, cleaning oneself, making a ghusl, this is mandatory if the individual wakes up, مثلاً, from sleep in a state of janabah, sexual impurity. So if a person has slept, and when they wake up, they are in, in Janabah, they cannot recite the Qur'an until they make a complete uh, wash, until they make a complete wash. But if a person merely has woken up, uh, or they pass gas or urination or the likes, and they, have not, they are not in a state of sexual impurity, then this individual can recite the Qur'an without purification. Uh, but if they read from the Qur'an, they should be in a state of purification, meaning wudu. Then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, but to be in a state of wudu, it's better. It's better, but it is not obligatory. And he said, the reason why it's better is because the more a person is in a state of purity, and likewise when they face the qibla uh, and they supplicate to Allah, this is better and recommended. يقول السائل حفظكم الله تعالى هل يوجد دعاء خاص لطلب الاخلاص؟ سؤال الله الهدايه اللهم اهدني بما هديت اللهم اهدني سواء السبيل هذا كله داخل في باب دعاء الهدايه Individuals asking, Assalamualaikum, is there a specific supplication for being sincere? Shaykh Mitzvah to ask Allah for guidance. Oh Allah, guide me and make me from amongst those who you have guided 
and other supplications where you are asking Allah for guidance, these are uh, the type of supplication that a person should make for guidance and sincerity. يقول الصالح حبيبه الله تعالى هل يجوز قضاء صلاة الوتر بعد أذان الظهر؟ النبي بين صلى الله عليه وسلم أن من فاته أن يقرأ يصلي صلاة الوتر تفجده حتى أصبح طلع الفجر فإن وقت قضائه ان يقضي ذلك بعد طلوع الشمس وارتفاعها قدر رمح او وجه الارض وان يصليها شفعا يعني ما يوت الركعه اما اذا كان عاده يصلي احدى عشره في الليل يصليها ثنتي عشره ان كان عاده ان يصليها سبع ركعات يصليها بعد طلوع الشمس تمام ركعات حتى ما يكون وتر لان النبي لم يجعل في النهار يوتر. السلام عليكم. The individual is asking a person who misses Salat al-Witr can they pray then after the adhan of Dhuhr? The Sheikh mentioned in Allah Ta'ala that the Prophet has informed us and clarified for the person who misses Salat al-Witr or Tahajjid. And that is, uh, once the sun has risen, uh, the, the, the length or the, the size of a sphere from the, the earth. So slightly, once the sun has risen slightly from the, the horizon, then it's permissible to, for a person to make up the, the witr or the tahajjud. Then the Shaykh said, Habib also from the conditions or from the etiquettes of making up the witr prayer is that if you pray in the day, you make it an even number. You make it an even number. So, for example, if your norm, if your habit is that you pray witr 11 at night, if you pray in the daytime, you would pray 12. If your habit is that you pray 7 witr, and 6, and then the last witr, which is 7, then if you pray in the day, you would pray 8. Because the Prophet ﷺ has commanded that there is no witr, there is no odd prayer during the day. كتاب حياة الصحابة لقد اعتنى العلماء تراجمهم فمثلا ابن عبد البر الاندلسي له كتاب في حياة الصحابة. ابن حجر حافظ ابن حجر له كتاب الإصابة إلى آخره. كل هذه الكتب تعتني بتراجم الصحابة وتحرص أما مجرد الفضائل فهي مذكورة في كتب الحديث أيضا. مثلا البخاري فيه كتاب فضائل الصحابة. فضائل أول شيء فضائل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ثم وآخره كذلك في مسلم 
individuals asking, uh, what is the best book for to, that mentions the merits of the companions? And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. Uh, the books that speak about the lives of the companions, for example, Hafid ibn Abdul Bab, Al-Andalusi, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, he has a book, The, the Lives of the Sahaba. <coughs> and Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, he has a book called Al-Isaba, which is also in the, mentions the life of the companions. Uh, so these books uh, focus on and mention the life, the lives of the companions. Likewise, you have uh, the merits of the companions, which are compiled in the books of Hadith. For example, in Sahih Bukhari, you have the book of the chapter of the merits of the Sahaba, and similarly in Sahih Muslim, you have the book. In, in the book Sahih Muslim, you have a chapter on the merits of the Sahaba. يقول السائل حديث الله تعالى ما هي الكتب التي نبل لنا أن نعتني بها لأجل الثبات على السنة والبعد عن البدع لا شك أن ما يتعلق بالسنة في العقيدة ينظر فيما كتبه مثل الإمام أحمد بن حنبل الشافعي وقبلهما مالك بن انس وهم متقدمين والكتب التي تعتني بهذا في الحقيقه قبل كل شيء هي كتاب الصحيحين صحيح البخاري وصحيح مسلم وياتي بعدهم كتب الذين اعتنوا بنقل الاحاديث فهذه هي الثروه الثمينه بعد القران الكريم للمسلم So the individual is asking what are uh, the books that an individual should focus on in order to remain firm upon the sunnah and abstain from innovation. The Shaykh mentioned Allah Ta'ala, that which is related to, that which has been authored related to the sunnah and aqeedah, such as the books of Imam uh, Ahmed bin Hanbal, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, likewise the books of Imam al-Shafi'i, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, and even before them, the books of Imam Malik, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, uh, these books are important, the books that they authored about the Sunnah are important. And likewise, even before those books are Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim. Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim, these are uh, important books for an individual to read. Uh, and likewise, after them, the books that mention the, the narrations, the books that mention the narrations or the beliefs and it mentions the Isnad, uh, these are uh, the important books after the Book of Allah Azzawajal. والابن تيميه رسائل منها العقيده الواسطيه ومنها العقيده التدموريه ومن الحمويه كل هذه تتعلق بالعقيده يعني بصفائق الحب وبالنسبة للتوحيد كتاب التوحيد الذي أنتم درستموه هو من أنفع كتب العوام وطلاب العلم البادئين لأنه يبدأ من بيان حقوق الله على العباد وما يكون لهم من حقوق كما في حديث معاذ في أول كتاب التوحيد ثم يستمر حتى كتاب 
من حقق التوحيد دخل الجنة بغير حساب فيحتاج الواحد يتفهم مثل هذه الكلمات اللي يقولونها وكيف يكون حقق التوحيد يتقيد بما جاء عن الله وعن رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم في أموره كلها Assalamu alaikum, the Shaykh Habibullah Ta'ala And likewise, the books of Ibn Taymiyyah, he has a treatise, Al-Aqeedah Al-Wasitiyah, which we studied. And Alhamdulillah, he has Al-Aqeedah Tadmuriyah, and he has Al-Hamawiyah. All of these books are authored in the explanation of Tawheed. And likewise, the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, the Kitab al-Tawheed, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Al-Wahhab, which was one of the books that we, by the grace of Allah, we also completed. It is one of the best books for the general, uh, the, the, the layman, because the author, Rahimahullah begins with the rights of Tawheed, uh, as it is come in the hadith of Mu'ad, uh, in the beginning of the book, and then the author continues until he comes to the rights of Tawheed, uh, or whoever implements Tawheed, he will enter into Jinnah. So this is one of the greatest books in the Shaykh Mishnah, so some the people that read these books, they have to understand uh, that which is being mentioned by the author so that they can implement the Tawheed which uh, Allah Azawajal has made mandatory upon us. I got Shaykh Al-Islam Al-Thaniyyah Al-Wasatiyyah Katabaha Li-Ahal Wa'asad Wa'asad Al-Fushimah Al-Iraq Wal-Hamawiyyah Katabaha Li-Ahal Hamad Al-Sham Wal-Tadmariyyah Katabaha Li-Ahal Tadmar يستفتونهم في هذه فيكتب لهم فاتوى تصرف عقائد تنفع المسلمين وتولى دراستها من بعض العلماء من الشيخ حبيب الله تعالى سيد أشفر ابن تيمير رحمه الله تعالى he wrote العقيد الواسطية and that was for the people of Wasit who were in northern Iraq and he wrote حموية for the people of Hamad who were in Syria and he wrote تدمورية for the people of تدمور these people had actually uh, approached Ibn Taymiyyah and requested uh, the explanation of the Aqidah. So he wrote these uh, in response to their explanations or their requests. And this, these became books of Aqidah that the Muslim scholars later on, during later times, they explained these books, these works by Shaykh Islam Ibn Taymiyyah. يقول يقول السار حبيبكم الله صار هل يجوز للمسلم الإقامة في بلد مسلم بدون إقامة بدون أوراق رسمية؟ هل يجوز لأحد هل يجوز لأحد أن يقيم في دولة إسلامية بدون إقامة رسمية؟ إذا من يخشى على نفسه لا بأس. وإن خشى على نفسه ينبغي أن يحتار حتى لا يحرج. يحرص على أخذ وما كان في السابق في العالم الإسلامي إقامات تجد المسلم يركض من الأندلس يعني في بلاد أسبانيا الآن ويخرج إلى المغرب والديار المغربية والمسلمين اللي في وسط أفريقيا كنيجيريا وغيره إلى أن يصل إلى أثيوبيا لا يحتاج إلى شيء أبدا يأتي إلى بلاد جزيرة العرب إلى الشرق 
بلاد فارس لو كانت إسلامية ما فيها إلا أهل السنة هم أهل السلطة فيها قديما والهند الآخرة يتجول المسلم من في الأقطار هذه من أوروبا في أسبانيا إلى أن يصل إلى حدود الصين ما يحتاج إلى أي إقامة وإنما يعيش حيثما وجد ثم لما تغيرت الأمور في العصور الأخيرة أيضا هي القديمة صار الناس يتقيدون في هذه الأمور كلها ومع ذلك ينبغي للمسلم أن يكون حريصا ألا يحرج نفسه مع أي دولة يدخل بلادها Assalamu alaikum. Individuals asking, is it permissible for a person to live in a Muslim land without uh, official papers, official residency? The Sheikh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, if he does not fear upon himself any harm, then there's no problem in him doing so. But if he fears upon himself some harm, then he should take uh, precaution. Um, then the Sheikh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, because previously, during the, the latter days or the early times, in the Muslim lands, there was no such thing as resident, official residency. A person could um, begin their journey in Spain, and they could travel into Morocco, they could travel into other African countries, Nigeria, Ethiopia, they can come into the Arabian Peninsula, they can continue until they go into the Persian uh, countries, uh, and they would travel all of these, and that's when Persia was ruled by the Muslims, Sheikh said, Habib Allah they can travel all of these lands and they did, did not have to have any type of official uh, documentation. Then he said, Habib Allah so the person could actually go from uh, Spain all the way to China. They could go from Spain all the way to China and they did not have to have any, there wasn't a requirement to have any uh, specific documentation. But during the, the present days, and he said, this is something more recent, um, they, the countries make it mandatory for you to have these document, this documentation. These permits. The Sheikh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, so it's very important for the Muslim not to bring harm to himself in any country that he visits or that he enters. He should not bring harm to himself by staying there illegally. The Buddha said, Habibullah Ta'ala, I'm a Talib Fransi, the Janet Imam Ali Zoja, the Bintan. He shown the Shukra. لوحدهم في فرنسا والحكومة الفرنسية تشد على تشدد على المسلمين خاصة بعد التفجيرات التي حدث حدثت قبل الشهر. فالآن نواجه مشاكل وصعوبات كثيرة يطول ذكرها الآن. فأريد أن أترك الدراسة وأرجع إلى فرنسا لرعاية لرعايتهم لكن لكني أخاف أن أكتئي في قراري ولا أريد أن أتركهم ولا أريد أن أترك هذه النعمة التي أنعم الله علي فما توجيه فضيلتكم فما توجيه فضيلتكم في هذا نصيحتي أن يهتم الواحد بمن يتولى رعايتهم من زوجة وأولاد إذا قدر أن ينقل من بلاد الكفر إلى بلاد الإسلام فهذا أولى به إذا قدر على ذلك فرنسا تشدد على المسلمين 
الذين يعيشون في ارضها من قبل الحادثه التي حدثت فيها شد على النساء اللواتي لا اللواتي يحتجبن يريد انها ان هذا خروج عن القانون ولا تريد فرنسا احدا يعيش في ارضها يخرج على قانون بلادها فاذا قدر السائل هذا ومثله ان يعيش في بلد اسلامي فلا شك ان هذا هو المهم studying in Jamaat al-Imam and I have a wife and two daughters that live in a, an, apartment, an apartment alone in France and the government is being staunch and strict with the Muslims especially after the, the bombings, the explosions which took, which took place there and they, they are facing many problems and difficulties and I do not want to leave uh, studying but you know, the brothers confused should he leave his studies and join his, to take care of his family or should we stay? And what is the Sheikh's advice? The Sheikh mentioned Abu Allah Ta'ala. My advice is that if an individual is responsible for his family, that he is uh, he's careful in taking care of his family, whether this is his wife or his children. And if he can move them to from if he can move them from the disbelieving land to a Muslim country, then this is preferred and recommended. And indeed France is being uh, strong against the Muslims which uh, are living in, in their land and they were doing this before Sheikh said Habib they were doing this before the, the explosions uh, for example the, the affair of the women they do not want the women to wear the hijab because they feel that this is against their, their, their laws and they do not want anyone to live in their land that this obeys their laws so if the questioner or anyone similar to him uh, has the ability to move their family and to live in the land of the Muslims, then this is better and preferred. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى أن يجوز نشر أسئلة الأسئلة المسجلة التي أجاب عنها المشاف عبر عبر الحاتم والسائل لم يستعذن منهم. يعني بدون علم المشاعر. إذا سألت أحدا وأعطاك فتوى وتأكدت أن هذه الفتوى لمن تريد أن تسميه فيها فهو المسؤول عنها إذا لم يكن منعك فلا حرج عليك أن تنشرها. the individuals ask me, is it permissible to spread the, the fatawa which are recorded, uh, which are answered by the scholars uh, by way of the poem? But the, the, the questioner did not seek the permission. The questioner did not seek the permission to record and spread the fatwa. Is it permissible to, to spread it? The Shaykh said, Habibullah if you ask someone uh, a question and they gave you a fatwa and you are sure that the one who has given the fatwa, the one who has responded, is the one who you intended in asking, he is the shaykh himself, then there's no problem in spreading that answer, and he is responsible. As long as he did not prevent you, as long as he did not prevent you, then there's no problem in spreading it, and he is responsible for his answer.
يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى هل اذكار النوم خاصه بالنوم بالليل او هل يجوز ان ان يقولها المسلم حتى اذا نام في النهار؟ لا المقصود النوم المطول وانما ذكر نشاه الليل لان عامه الناس نومهم الذي يستريحون فيه هو نوم الليل ولذلك ايضا نوم النهار لا تكون يكون يتوفر للجسد فيه من التنشيط كما يتوفر من نوم الليل لان الله جل وعلا جعل هذا الوقت للاستراحه ووقت النهار للكدح والكد في امر الحياه The reason why the night has been mentioned is because this is the time that Allah has created for, for rest. It is the general time that Allah has created for, for rest. And when a person sleeps in the day, they do not have the, when they wake up from uh, a nap in the daytime, they do not have the energy that they would do if they did so at night. Um, so Allah has decreed that the night is for rest and that the day is for seeking provisions related to one's life. أحسن الله عليك السائل يقول هناك إخوة في أمريكا استعجلوا مكان للصلاة وسموا هذا المكان مسجد لمسجد كذا لإقامة الصلاة والدروس للمسلمين فهل له حكم المسجد إذا كان مستعجرا أو إذا كان مستعجرا نعم يقول له حكم المسجد ما دام أنه خصص على الصلاة والاجتماع فيه وأداء هذه الفرائض يكون في هذا فترة وإن كان مؤقتا يكون في فترة هذا التوقيت له حكم المساجد. السلام عليكم. The individual is asking. There are brothers in America. They rented a place for salat and they called it Masjid so and so, so that the people can pray and so that they can have lessons and the likes. Does it have the rulings of the masjid even if it's rented? Does it have the rulings? the masjid even if it is rented the Sheikh said yes it has the rulings of the masjid um, if it has been allocated or specified for salat uh, it's a designated place for salat and the people meet there for the prayers and the likes then even if it's temporary even if it's a rented location it has the same ruling as the masjid <laughs> وله مولود من هذا الفعل فهل يجوز لي ان يكون هل يجوز ان يكون علاقه بيني وبين هذا المولود ام ابتعد عن هذا المولود؟ تقول هي امراه كبيره في السن في امريكا ولها ولد وهذا الولد وقع في زنا وله مولود من هذا الفعل فهل يجوز ان يكون بينها وبين المولود علاقه هي تعتبر الجد فهل او الجد هل يكون هل يجوز لها ان يكون هناك علاقه او تبتعد عن المولود؟ هو لا ينسب لها لان ولد الزنا 
للفراش يعني المزني بها لا يلحق بالذرية الذي يقول في الحديث المخرج في الصحيحين الولد للفراش وللعاهر الحجر ليس له الا تراب فهو في هذه الحال ليس محرما لها Older female, and I have a son who has fallen into zina, fornication, and he has a child. Is it permissible for me to have a relationship with that child? She would be the grandmother. Is it permissible for me to have a relationship with that child? Or should I abstain from having a relationship? The Sheikh said, Hadith Allah Ta'ala, the child is not ascribed to the father. Uh, the child is ascribed to the mother. Um, because there's a Hadith in uh, Sahih Muslim, Inside Sahih Bukhari, Sahih Muslim, where the Prophet mentioned the child, which is the child of fornication, uh, is for the woman, and the, the one who committed the adultery, if they had committed adultery, then they get stoned. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, and likewise, the child is not a mahram for this grandma. The child, if it's a boy, he is not a mahram for this grandma. بعض أن بعض المدارس تلزم الطلاب بإقامة النشيد الوطني في المناسبات فهل يجوز لهم مثل هذا الفعل؟ إذا لم يكن فيه شركيات ولا كذب ولا شيء فلا حرج عليهم Question is asking uh, It is noticed that some schools they make the students perform the national anthem um, when they have their different types of occasions. It's permissible for them to do. The Sheikh said as long as there's no shirk, as long as there's no lies, as long as there's no nothing which is in opposition to the Sunnah, there's no problem in them doing it. <laughs> نافعا لنا في حياتنا واخرتنا وان يبارك لنا في اعمالنا واعمالنا وما يسر لنا وما يسره لنا في منه وكرمه ثم اسال الله جل وعلا ان يعز الاسلام والمسلمين وان يذل الشرك والمشركين والكافرين والمنافقين وان يفرج حروبات المسلمين في كل مكان وان ينصر المظلومين المعتدى عليهم في كل البلاد وأن يعاجل بالفرج بلاد الشام بأن ينقذهم الله مما هم فيه ويهدينا وإياهم ويصلحنا وإياهم وأن يعاجلهم بالفرج وأن يرينا في من يعتدون عليه أو يمدون دولتهم النجسة النصيرية ذكرت لكم مرارا أنهم يزعمون أن علي هو الله جل وعلا هذا في مذهبهم وأن علي هو الذي خلق النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فانظروا إلى فساد العقول وخبث الأعمال 
ويقول ان النبي فيما بعد خلق سلمان فارسي هذه عقيدتهم انه عليها فنسال الله جل وعلا ان يفرج المسلمين في الشام غير عاجل بانتصار الحق على الباطل وان يرينا فيمن ناصر الدوله النصيريه من الرافضه او الروس ان يرينا فيهم عجائب قدرته عاجلا غير عاجل وان يرينا في الذين يرون ما يحصل ويستطيعون ان يمنعوا فصولا ثم يسكتون ان يرينا في بلادهم المثلات كما اسالوا جل وعلا ان يحفظ علينا في هذه المملكه امننا على ديننا ودنيانا وان يوفق ولاه الامر ان يحافظوا على ما هي عليه من عقيده وان يجتهدوا في صيانه العقيده وصيانه الاحناف الاسلاميه والوقوف في وجه وجوه دعاة الفتن او دعاة الفساد والضلال كما اسال جل وعلا ان يوفق ولي الامر لنصره الحق واهله واذلال الباطل واهله وان يعاجل بلاد اليمن بانتشاع ما هم فيه من فتنه التي امتدت اصابع الصفويين من ايران ليجعل اليمن كانها مزرعه صفويه والصفويون في قديم الزمان كانت ايران كانت فارس على مذهب اهل السنه المذهب الشافعي عامتها ثم تولى شخص صفوي اسمه اسماعيل الشاعر اسماعيل الصفوي فقتل اكثر من مليون مسلم سني في اول القرن العاشر او اخر التاسع واجبرت الناس ان يعتنقوا المذهب الاثني عشر فنسال الله ان يحدث هؤلاء وان لا يمدد لهم نفوذ في اي بلاد الاسلام انهم يجيبوا الدعاء واخر دعوانا ان الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا. الشيخ حفيظ الله تعالى ended by praising Allah, asking Allah عز وجل, or praising Allah for allowing us to come together and asking Allah with his, with his names and attributes to make our actions or to accept our, our deeds and to make them beneficial for us in this life and the next and to bless us in our deeds. We ask Allah to give might to Islam and to the Muslims and to debate kufr, disbelief and shirk, and to give ease to the Muslims who have been oppressed in different lands, and to give ease to those who are being oppressed in Syria, and to save them from their, the calamity that has befallen them, and to uh, destroy those who support the oppressors. And Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, I've told you on many occasions that um, the, the people there, uh, the Dawla Musaydiyya, that their belief is that Ali created the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Look at the, the, evil, the, the, the evil beliefs that they say that Ali created the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam created Salman and Farsi. 
So we ask Allah to give peace to the Muslims who are present there and to show us, ask Allah to show us His might in uh, destroying them uh, and that this is done soon. And likewise, those who support them from amongst the Rafida and the Russians. And we ask Allah to protect the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, our religious affairs and our worldly affairs and to give the ruler the success to protect and defend the correct aqidah and uh, the correct Islamic character and to uh, ward off and protect us or to protect the people from the, the callers to uh, fitan and those called to deviation. Uh, so we ask, and likewise we ask Allah to, to give peace to the people of Yemen who have been uh, afflicted by the, the, the beliefs of the Safawiyun, those from Iran, and they want to make, uh, they want to make, they wanted to make Yemen like a breeding place for, for their beliefs and their corrupt aqidah. And the Sheikh said, I told you before that uh, the people of Islam, the people of Iran previously, they were uh, upon the way of Ahl Sunnah, they were Shafi'i, the majority of them were following the Shafi'i Madhab. And then you had this Ismail al-Safawi, he came and he killed more than a, mu a million Muslims and he forced them to uh, take the beliefs of uh, the Safawiyun or the, the Shia to ask Allah to destroy them and to not allow their beliefs to spread in other Muslim lands. And our last supplication is all praise be to Allah, the Lord of the world, to make the peace and blessings be upon the Prophet Muhammad and his family and companions.